Greetings to you and welcome to this episode of Grace Podcast. I'm Timothy Muse. I'll be your host for this time, creator of Grace Life Coaching. It's a joy to be with you today as we spend this time together. Thank you for investing in this podcast. Thank you for investing and want to be better in your life. It really truly is a joy to work with and be able to walk with people as they desire to be better. Uh, as they desire to grow in their life and grow in what they bring to the world and what they bring to themselves. It really is a very mature and, and quite frankly, a very courageous thing to be able to look inside and say, you know what, not everything inside of me is good or not everything inside of me is where I want it to be. I want to be better. You know, we spend most of our lives surrounded with people or things that want to look back and say what was behind us was better and what's ahead of us is just some awful downhill ride to the grave or whatever. Uh, but, But the desire, the work to do better, the desire, the work to invest in podcasts like this and self help and coaching, uh, it's not just some, uh, some, you know, kooky dukes thing. Uh, it really is a desire to be better. And I'm honored and I'm really happy that you want to be part of that. I really am happy that you want to be, that you want to grow. And I'm happy to be able to be part of that growth, uh, whatever small part that may be. So thank you for tuning into this podcast. Thank you for making this time important. If it is meaningful for you and you're getting something out of it, please share it out there. If you're connecting through one of the social media platforms, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, share us, like us, retweet us, tag me in it. I'd love to see where you're at. I'd love to see where you're connecting from. I'd love to know where this information is being reached so that, uh, so that, so that I can continue to grow and, and, and help things grow for others so that you and those around you can be better in, in your own life. And remember, when I say to be better, that's not an indication that where you are right now is bad. It's just that there are always parts of our lives, if we're honest with ourselves and true to ourselves, there are always parts of our lives that we can advance and that we can grow in. And so the more that we advance and grow uh, in those, even those small parts of life uh, really help us overall. Uh, Even if we work on those real small muscle groups, if you will, our whole body still benefits from that. So definitely encourage you to thank and thank you for for getting this out there for others. Uh, If you're listening on one of the platforms, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, follow us. Uh, give us a rating and review. Every positive rating and review helps the platform see that this is information people are listening to, and they're going to share it out there. So if someone is looking for um, podcasts on self-help or what have you, coaching, then then it's the platform will say, hey, people are listening to this. Let's get it out there. And if you want to reach out to me directly, my website, uh, gracelifecoaching.com, it's got all my, all my contacts in it, all my information. You can hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. If you've got some contacts or some podcast ideas, or if you want to do some coaching, if you want to um, see where your life can go, as long as we can find a common language, we can coach. So uh, gracelifecoaching.com, well, one word, definitely check us out. And uh, if we can be of any service, then hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to see where you're at and love to see how we can work together. So last episode, I talked a little bit about uh, paralysis, about being paralyzed by doing new things because we think we have to you know, create a new skill set when if we really, really examine things and we can see that most of our most of what we need, we already uh, contain most of what we need for a new thing. We already contain within our current skill set. I want to kind of tug on the paralysis uh, being paralyzed again uh, and not necessarily physically paralyzed, uh, God forbid, but, um, you know, like mentally paralyzed or decision paralyzed. And I want to talk to about analysis paralysis or being um, uh, paralyzing, uh, you know, paralyzing by paralyzed by analysis. Um, and that's that's something actually that's that's really, really common, uh, though we may not catch it. So analysis by paralysis. 
uh, or paralysis by analysis. I knew there there it was paralysis by analysis or analysis paralysis. There, the, you, you can put it either way. You can either you can swap the words around, and, and different people will use different things. But essentially, analysis paralysis is this: analysis paralysis is the inability to make a decision due to overthinking or an abundance of choice. If you're suffering from indecision then there are some tips you can do to combat analysis paralysis when it happens. So basically, and that came from Asana, which is a uh, management website. Uh, They have a lot of management tools, but it's all over analysis paralysis or paralysis by analysis. So basically the idea is, or the thought processes, is there is so many different choices out there that we overthink it. We overthink the choices, and we over and we overplay all of the possibilities. So analysis paralysis occurs when over analysis or over overthinking of alternatives prevents an individual or a group from making a decision. This comes from Investopedia, which is another uh, uh, management website. Excuse me. In investing, analysis paralysis can lead to missed opportunities. Psychologists say the root cause of analysis paralysis is anxiety. We fear choosing the wrong options. Decision-making, both trivial and life-changing, can be improved by resisting analysis paralysis. And we're going to talk about, um, I'm going to give you four steps on how to overcome that. But before we do, I mean, where does this come from? This comes from the fact that we are, well, well, we're inundated. We have so many choices about everything. I mean, everyday common choices all the way down, all all the way up to big, huge life choices. We are not uh, living in a world where we have to live in the same place, do the same job, and eat the same thing every day. We have choices, and those choices have choices, and those choices have choices have choices. And every one of those choices comes with a benefit and a drawback. So what happens, what can happen very quickly, is that when we're presented with a massive amount of choices, we can become paralyzed by the amount that's out there, and then we can overanalyze them. Well, so think about it. When someone says, hey, where do you want to go for lunch today? Well, if you live in a place where there's only one restaurant, well, then you're going there right? Uh, And if that one restaurant serves two things, you're going to get one of two things, right? But if you live in a place that has a hundred restaurants and each one of those restaurants has a hundred different things on the menu, now you have a hundred thousand different opportunities to eat lunch. Well, how are you going to break that down? You see, and so what happens is our brains are like, oh, overload, overload, overload. And then we're concerned that we're going to make the wrong decision. Well, if I choose to go to restaurant C, and restaurant C is busy and there's a wait, well, if I would have gone to restaurant B, then there wouldn't be a wait and we would be able to eat, but restaurant B may not have what I want to eat. So now we could have gone to restaurant A. Have you ever done that? It's kind of uh, buyer's remorse is one of the things that's tried to be avoided by paralysis analysis. Uh, you you know, you, you want to analyze things so much that you don't want to find yourself in buyer's remorse, but it can freeze you. It can freeze you to do nothing. Uh, it can freeze you. And, and you may have experiences just not being able to put a word or a name to it of not being able to make a choice because you're over investing or overthinking all of the possibilities. And actually, more specifically, you're overthinking the negative consequences of, the, of each one of the choices. So you can really overthink each one of the choices and the outcome of each one of the choices to the point where you find yourself just frozen, paralyzed because you don't want to make the wrong choice, which, you know, we all make wrong choices. That's part of life. Uh, but it's a, it, from psychology today, the, the root cause of analysis paralysis is, uh, is anxiety. 
It comes from compulsively weighing an endless number of variables while imagining downsides to all of them. In the end, it is impossible to identify the best option from the rest. Recognizing that anxiety is causing paralysis can help. Uh, And that comes from Do I Have Analysis Paralysis uh, from Psychology Today. Uh, which which um, is is a really good it's a really good magazine it's a really good piece and uh, it was published in um, it was published in online and uh, I'm looking for the the date and I'm not seeing it sorry but it was published online so Psychology Today do I have analysis paralysis uh, oh I'm sorry 2019 there it is posted April 24 2019 by um, uh, to Billy uh, as the writer. So that is the definition from psychology today. That's what can happen is that, you know, you, you there's so many possibilities, the anxiety of making the wrong choice, just it, it, it lays you out there. It lays you out there to your, pre, you're paralyzed. That's analysis paralysis. And it can happen in big things and it can happen in little things. It can happen in everyday things. It can happen to us all the time coming down to even, you know, what do we want to make for dinner or what do I want to drink this afternoon or what movie do I want to watch? You know, that's the thing when you have thousands of channels uh, and you sit down and you're like, I want to watch something on TV. You can be paralyzed because there's 87 different options. Which one do you want to watch? And and, and then you can make the wrong one. And if you make the wrong one, then you're going to suffer for it, or at least there's going to be perceived suffering. Okay, so that's analysis paralysis in a nutshell, all right? Overthinking a decision to the point where uh, you don't do anything. Uh, you're just so, uh, you're, you're paralyzed by too much information, by too much choice. And, you know, in our forefathers, forefathers and our foremothers, they didn't really have this to the same degree because the choices were limited and, and options were limited, you know, in clothing and in food and in travel and in cars and in houses and in jobs, there was a limitedness. So, so your options were pretty limited. We, our options are limitless. They really are. We live in a world, we're so blessed by having access to all of these things, but at the same time, it does create for us an overwhelming understanding of, of how to live life. And so how do you overcome it? Uh, how do you overcome paralysis analysis? So I'm going to go back to Asana again. It's A-S-A-N-A, A-S-A-N-A.com. Uh, they're a management company. They're an online management company, and they offer tips, four tips for overcoming analysis paralysis. And this is by Sarah Loyan. Uh, this was published in January of this year, January of 2023. Uh, and I looked it up, and you know, and obviously, as always, I say, um, I'm not, I'm not creating all this stuff, but I want to give them the credibility that it deserves. One of my jobs is to taking really good stuff and kind of bringing it together for you. So, four tips to overcoming analysis paralysis. The first one is set yourself a deadline to make a decision. Okay, if we have no deadline for when a decision needs to be made, we can spend larger and larger amounts of time waffling back and forth between different options and ultimately never make a decision. So if, if you have a decision that you have to make, make a set a deadline, set yourself a deadline or a specific time frame when the decision needs to be made. Uh, so that you're not you're not just leaving it out there to, 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 to fly around in the wind. You need a decision. So where you're going to go for lunch? That's uh, let, let's just let's just pull that for a minute. Where you're going to go for lunch today? You're thinking about that on the way into work. Where are you going to go for lunch today? What do you want to do for lunch today? Set your decision by 1030. I'm going to make that decision by 1030. I'm going to weigh my options by 1030 so that by the time lunch comes around, I'm secure in my decision and we're going to move forward. So set a deadline. Setting a deadline or a specific time frame can help make a decision. 
uh, because because now you're 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 not just leaving it unended. Okay, set a deadline. It's really, and it's it's really kind of trivial, but it makes a whole lot of sense because if you don't set a deadline, you're just going to go on and on and on. You're going to think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. So the first thing to do is set a deadline. Set a time frame for yourself. The second thing to do is narrow down your options early. So again, let's go back to getting lunch. Uh, narrow down your options. So I want to go out to lunch today, and I'm going to keep my options to places I can walk to from the office. Well, now you've narrowed down your options quickly. So you're making a decision. You're saying, I want to walk to lunch today because it's going to be a beautiful day. So I'm narrowing down my options to what I can walk to in a very short period of time. So narrow down your options early. So rather than having 100 restaurants with 100 things on each one of the menus, narrow down your options. I want salad today, or I want soup and salad today, or I want to walk to the restaurant today, or I want to sit outside today. Narrowing those options down creates a a more limited uh, decision-making parameter. So narrow your options early. Um, Again, this takes a little bit of forethought. It takes a little bit of sight. But when we're overwhelmed with the amount of options, we don't do anything. So get rid of some of them right away. Figure out what you want, what your expectations are, what your outcome, the decision is, and then eliminate any options that don't fit uh, the qualifications of your outcome. So I want to sit outside for lunch today. Well, then you have to find a place that has outside seating. Well, that's just narrowed down a lot of options. Or I want salad today, okay? So you've narrowed down your options. So so narrow down your options early. Remember, you're not making a decision here. You're just saying, this is what I want. This is what the outcome I want today. And because of the outcome I want today, I'm by its nature narrowing down decisions or narrowing down options early. So I'm leaving myself with less options. So what do you want? So then once you figure out what you want, you can narrow down your options early. So set yourself a deadline for making a decision and narrow down your options early or quickly. Okay, that's number two. Number three, practice making decisions quickly. Okay, practice making decisions quickly. We, we live in a world where impulsivity is, is looked upon as a bad thing. And I would not argue that there are a lot of places where we don't want to be impulsive. When we're buying a car, when buying a house, when we're changing our jobs, maybe when we're buying investment or stock or going out on a date, you know, there are big things in life that we want to that we want to give some thought to. But a lot of the little things in life we can be a whole lot more impulsive with, but we don't allow ourselves to. You know, if you're constantly plagued by analysis paralysis, practice making small decisions fast. You know, the inconsequential things like deciding where to where where to go to lunch. I mean, really at the end of the day, where you're going to lunch is 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 not necessarily going to be that impactful in your overall ontological existence. Okay? Or what kind of coffee you're going to have. If you're stepping up to the coffee shop and and you're like, "Oh, look, I'm here to get a cup of coffee." But boy, that 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 Thai chi, that that uh, chai latte looks good. I'm going to have that. Okay? It's out of your it's out of your wheelhouse, but m- m- be impulsive sometimes. Make quick decisions. Because what that does is that helps you to see that making a decision and living with the consequences of it are not that terribly bad. Okay, they're not that terribly bad. Now, again, buying a house, dating someone, buying a car, those are bigger things. They're important to think through and do some investigating. But there's a lot of things that we give way too much power over. Make an impulsive decision and be done with it. Enjoy the consequences of it and learn to feel what that impulsive decision make feels like or that quick decision feels like. So allow yourself to be a little impulsive. Make decisions quickly. Don't overthink it. Just step up, make the decision. But then see how you feel when it's done. 
See how you feel when when you're done with it. Uh, because, you know, evaluating that impulsive decision or that quick decision can tell you a lot about how analysis paralysis has affected you. And the fourth one, the fourth one, this is, this is interesting. Use a framework for your decision-making process. There is actually a whole framework for, for a decision-making process. Uh, it is a step-by-step -step guide that you can use uh, to do some of the heavy list lifting when you're making a decision, okay? So uh, it, it's a seven-step process of decision-making. Uh, and, and I'll just walk through it really quickly because, you know, a lot of it we, we do. But so the first step is identify the decision that needs to be made. I want to go out to lunch. OK, I'm going to go out to lunch today for uh, it, it, during my lunch break because I want to treat myself to lunch. That's the decision that needs to be made or I'm going to buy a new house. So I'm going to get a new job. OK, so identify the decision that needs to be made. Second step is to gather the relevant information, gathering information related to the decision being made. It's important because it helps in making an informed decision. You know, you, you're, you're gathering the information that you need. Uh, I wanna go to lunch today and I wanna sit outside. So you need to gather the relevant information of where uh, restaurants are that have outside seating. If you don't know the restaurants that have outside seating, you can't say I'm gonna go to a restaurant that has outside seating if you don't know where they are. So you need to gather the relevant information that helps to make the decision. The third thing is to identify alternative solutions. So I want to go outside and I want to eat outside today. I want to eat at lunch outside today. But there are no restaurants within walking distance of the office that have outside seating. Or the only restaurant that has outside seating has an hour wait. So what are some of the alternatives? Because you don't want to find yourself going, oh, I'm looking to eat outside, but now I can't, so I'm not going to do anything. You don't want to be, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be shut down or paralyzed because you don't have any options left. Uh, so identify alternative solutions, weigh the evidence. So, so look at it, one to the other. What are the pros and cons? The pros of eating outside is it's a beautiful day and I can be in the sun. The cons to it are that the only ones I can eat outside, I have to drive 15 minutes to. So I'm only going to have a half hour for lunch because I need to incorporate 15 minutes to drive back. Okay. Pros and cons. Identify the pros and cons. Weigh the evidence. One decision over the other. The little sandwich shop down the street, I can always get a table. It takes me three minutes to walk there. It gives me an hour for lunch, but they don't have outside seating. Okay. So which choice am I going to make? Weigh the evidence uh, for what it is. Don't, and don't emotionalize it. Just weigh it. Just look at it. Place A is 15 minutes away. Place A is a three-minute walk. Place A has um, you know, has outside seating, place B doesn't. What do I want? Do I want more time to eat or do I want to sit outside? Okay. And then step five is choose among the alternatives. What are, what's out there? Choose among them. You have to make a choice of one. Uh, I'm going to go to the one that's closer because I want more time to eat. Boom. So that's the choice. Step six is to take action, to do it. Once you've made the decision, live into the decision. Take action. Don't don't question. Don't sit back and go, oh, you can look back and, well, maybe I should, maybe I should. No, you've made all of the choices up to this point. Take action. Move on the decision. And then afterwards, you can review your decision. Review the impact. I'm glad that I went to that place because it was I had more time to eat, but then the food was okay and I really wanted to sit outside. So tomorrow, yada, yada, yada. So, so that's the seven steps of making it. That's a framework for making decision. Identify the decision needs to be made. Gather relevant information. Identify alternative solutions. Weigh the evidence. Choose among the alternatives. Take action and then review your decision. Okay, steps one through seven. Now, most of these we do really, really quickly. Okay, steps one, two, three, and four. 
You know, we do really, really quickly. Usually where we kind of get caught up is in step five, choosing, making that final choice. Because we still see all of the other options out there. Well, but maybe I really do want to sit outside, even though it isn't, you know, maybe I do want to sit out. Maybe I don't, you know, so make the decision and then take action. That's really the key in, in overcoming analysis paralysis. And again, this is not a life-changing decision. But when you learn to make small decisions in this framework, then you can apply the framework to a bigger decision. The framework works the same. The decision is just bigger. You know, when I, um, when I started learning to play golf, which I'm not very good at, but when I started learning to play golf, one of the things the instructor told me was that you have the same swing no matter where you are on the course. You just use a different club. Well, you have the same framework for decision making that I just gave you, and you apply that framework to any decision that you're going to make. Now, you know, gathering relevant information, that's a lot more when you're looking to buy a house or buying a car than when you're looking to go to lunch. However, it's still the same process. Okay, use the framework to make the decision and it helps to overcome that analysis paralysis. You're not you're not analyzing things over and over again. You can go back and say, you know what? I did the framework to make this decision and I feel comfortable with it. So stop stop over overthinking it. Stop overanalyzing it. You you accept it. You made the decision. This is where we're going to go. And if it's a truly a terrible decision, then you can go back to step four and you can or step three and you can identify some of the alternatives. You know what? I walked down the street and the sandwich place was packed or they were closed. So now I will get in the car and drive to the place that has outside seating. But that is but you don't you don't make that decision. Say, well, what if I walk down there and they're closed? Well, you need to get down there to find out whether they're closed or not. So analysis paralysis is when we have so many choices, so many different possibilities that we find ourselves paralyzed in what to do, paralyzed in the steps to make or the decisions to make. So, so, so we don't do anything. We overthink stuff to the caliber that we, not, we don't get anything done. So I hope this is helpful for you. I hope this helps you to understand. Maybe you're experiencing it. And, and maybe you're just not sure, maybe you never had words for it, but you do now. So that's analysis paralysis or paralysis by analysis, depending on how you want to use the terminology. Uh, I hope this is helpful. That's what I got for you for today. Uh, I hope that this is something that you can use and it can work for you. Uh, as always, if you love this podcast, if this podcast is helpful, then share it out there. Love to see where you're at. So tag me in it. Follow us um, on the platforms. And if you follow us, then, you know, when a new episode comes up, the platforms will uh, indicate that to you so you know that they're there. Uh, and as always, if you want to reach out to me, you can get a hold of me. GraceLifeCoaching.com has all my information. And at Grace Life Coaching, we want you to be the best you.